in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town, celebrating 30 years on the air. This week, featuring guests from our 2001 season, including Jan Arden, Dan Hicks and his Hotlegs, Robert Bradley's Blackwater Surprise, Roger McGuinn, the Del McCurry Band, and more. I'm Helen Forster. Right now, here comes our host, Nick Forster. Thank you, Helen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to E-Town. We are settling into the first half of November, watching winter kind of poke its head out and let us know it's coming. This week, we are once again diving into the amazing treasure trove that is the E-Town archives. This time, we are bringing you some of the best moments from our 2001 season. This particular collection, um, it features some characters, artists who are true to themselves and their musical vision. Some of the guests featured this week are no longer with us, including Dan Hicks, Mike Seeger, John Hartford. But this is a snapshot of a place in time, and of course, we can only share just the smallest portion of all of those archival moments with you this week. Um, we're starting out with one of the founding members of the Birds, a singer and a song and a sound that we all recognize here playing with the house band, the E-Tones. And let me just confirm something for all of you. Making these shows for 30 years with our team, it was a lot of work, and most of it was behind the scenes. But as a part of the house band, Helen and I were often asked to join our guests on stage, and we did our best to learn the songs, as, of course, did the other guys in the band, Chris and Ron and Christian. And it has been an honor, in some ways the most fun aspect of our jobs, to serve the songs, to make music with both emerging and legendary artists. So as you listen to this song, just know that it's the house band. I'm playing electric guitar. Helen and I are singing. I'm looking across the stage, and there's Roger McGuinn playing his classic Rickenbacker 12-string electric. And for that moment, as we're all on stage making that sound, making that song come to life, it was a very special moment for all of us. So that's what's going on on stage. Here it comes from back in 2001, Roger McGuinn in E-Town. Thank you. Fill my way. I 
Roger McGuinn. Such a great sound. Terrence Simeon, you must have gotten interested in this music when you were a teenager, just going to clubs with your dad, I'm guessing. That's right. You know, it was a family thing. And uh, Zodico music has still kept that up where, you know, not only is it for the adults, but it's also for the the young ones, too. And it was your dad who took you out to the dances and kind of started that whole process, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I went out with my dad as a teenager, you know. And at that point, you know, being a teenager, Zydeco music was kind of considered for the old folks, you know, right. to do. And, you know, all teenagers my age was listening to the popular radio stuff and was into that. But I just kind of didn't fit into that crowd. And when I went to the dance with my daddy at Slim's Waikiki. Yeah. Uh, I, there was other kids my age there too. I got to dance my first slow dance, you know, <laughs> and that changed my life. <laughs> Another thing that you're doing to deal with that is helping other young people bump into this music. You've been doing some work, kind of like our award winner, getting involved with kids in the schools. Oh yeah. Maybe yeah. tell me about that a little bit. Well, you know, a lot of kids. Um, well, a lot of people don't know about Zydeco music and where it come from and the Creole culture and what that is. And we've just been going to schools, bringing music and getting them involved, playing their instruments, you know. And I wrote songs just for kids to try to explain to them about our culture and, uh, you know, our music. Well, I lo- that's the thing, exactly. That's the stuff we we're talking about, how it works, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, we'll get back to music once again. Glad to have you back on the show. Great to hear this stuff. Welcome back, along with his band, Terrence Simeon. (laughs) How y'all doing? Y'all doing all right? This is another song from the Tribute Sessions. It's called Yesterday.
feeling good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was yesterday. My baby ran away. She broke my heart. Oh, oh, oh and told me all the more. Now my poor little no. Oh, baby, come back home. My baby, come back home. I'm all alone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Terrence Simeon, down in Lafayette, Louisiana. He's got Danny Williams, Ralph Fontenot, Nick Lewis, Mark Stone, and Dowell Davis. Terrence Simeon. Jan Arden, I couldn't help but notice that you've got a role in a movie. Uh, is it called Snowbound? Is that the one? Well, I'm sure you'll never, ever hear it down here. I was in with some of the Baywatch alumni, so you know how well that's going to do. Um, I felt my breasts really held up throughout the filming. And, um, and plus, I don't really act, and I was one of the better actresses there, so I am concerned about how the movie will turn out. The director just saying, that's fine, that's fine, yeah, go. And as if that were not enough. There's more. You're also in the uh, vagina monologues. You're one of the... Is that... Is that yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting show. And yeah. I think I learned a lot. And what I always said at the beginning of the show, I said, for those of you that have come here without a vagina, you're going to want one by the time you leave. <laughs> and that seemed to really just smooth things over. Yeah. Fun for the whole family. There it is. Um, so let me ask you about something slightly more serious. The thing I want to talk to you about is that on your website, you write eloquently about the role of celebrity, that you, in fact, have an opportunity to reach more people, and as such, you feel like you have an opportunity to make a difference, make things better. And there's five or six charities that are listed on your website. People can get information. There's a link to their websites. And you talk in particular about uh, a trip to Africa. Mm -hmm. And I thought maybe you could tell us just a little bit about that stuff. Well, I went uh, on a humanitarian vision with World Vision, who I'm sure you've heard of here. It's a, a global humanitarian outfit. And I went to Tanzania and dealt with a group of people called the Maasai. What was most startling to me was that I knew full well that I had missed the point. And I came back home 10 days later and changed my life a lot. I let go of my management at the time that I'd been with for 11 years. I got out of a relationship. I sold my house. I moved to the country. And I felt like those people were closer to God and closer to the earth beneath their feet and had a better sense of what really life was about than I ever, ever would in my own life. 
But I because you went there thinking that here I am, this sort of, sort of Western. I have oh, everything, I'm going and to they help have them. nothing. You're I'm go. going to help the people. Right. I shall make a difference for them. The bloody, you know, I just and I just left feeling. Um, I felt significant. I didn't feel insignificant, but I knew that in order to make the world a better place, my responsibility really was very inward, which is kind of ironic. It's about your personal well-being and your personal happiness and your own balance and looking after yourself and doing things that make you happy in your life. And I think when you do that, it really is the pebble in the pond. You're so much more able to help other people. You can't help them if you can't help yourself. It has to start with you. Well, I'm happy that uh, both as an artist, as a songwriter, and as a conversationalist, you're willing to reveal yourself in, uh, in a very true way. I still, for the most part, really believe that people are good and yeah. that the world is not as bad as it looks on CNN. I really, I just don't believe that. Yeah. One more reason why you're the quintessential E-Town guest. So thanks for coming. Glad you're here. Please welcome back to E-Town from Calgary, Alberta, rounder recording artist, Jan Arden. Thank you. The new album is called Blood Red Cherry. My mother, why did you have to call it that? Your dad and I do not understand art. <laughs> this is a song that you might recognize. We enjoyed the song. This song opened a lot of doors for me, and I just want to thank all the gang at E-Town here, the crew, and Nick and Helen. It's just such a wonderful opportunity for us, and this is my first time back down to the States in five years, so I'm glad to be here tonight. i 
Jan Arden, along with Russell Broom on guitar, and along with the E-Tones, Helen singing along on there. Thank you, Jan Arden. We are going to be back with more music from our 2001 season after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. You're listening to E-Town. are back with more highlights from our 2001 season. Of course, every week we feature the Achievement Award, great stories of individuals stepping up and doing things in their communities that really made a difference. Here's Helen Forster to introduce one of the Achievement Award winners from our 2001 season. Thanks, Nick. This week's story was sent in by Barbara Pikus of Portland, Oregon, and she sent us a letter that says, uh, I'd like to nominate 
Joan Dalton of Portland for her commitment to helping both unwanted shelter dogs and incarcerated young men. Joan is the creator of Project Pooch, a nonprofit program located on the grounds of the McLaren Youth Correctional Facility in Woodburn, Oregon. Barbara goes on to say, what started with one dog and one youth has grown into a highly successful program. Joan's determination and dedication are inspiring. Last year, Joan donated her full-time participation and sold her home to help fund the program. Signed, Barbara Pikus. Now, Nick, our winner is on the phone from the great state of Oregon. Please welcome Joan Dalton. How are you, Joan? I'm excellent. Thanks for joining us. This is an unusual combination of, of ingredients this program you've created. How did this get started? How did you get the idea for this? Well, I was working on the East Coast, actually was a teacher at the secondary level, and I worked with inner-city at-risk youth. And then when I returned to Oregon, and I was offered a job as a school administrator in corrections, and I noticed that many of the young juveniles had dropped out of school they seem to learn best with a hands-on approach to learning. Mm -hmm. And I knew of a successful dog program at Lorton Prison. And then I followed up with my own research, and I asked people what did their pets teach them. And overwhelmingly, people said responsibility and love and compassion. And then I started thinking more and more about that dog program, and I said, you know, there isn't one in juvenile corrections. Why don't I start one? Tell me how the program works. Well, what we do is get dogs from the shelter that have medium-level behavioral problems that keep them from being adopted, such as barking, jumping up on people. Sometimes the dog just doesn't show well at the shelter, so it doesn't get adopted. And the young men in the program tend to like medium to larger dogs, and those are harder for shelters to adopt out. So these are dogs that would conceivably be euthanized at some point? Or? Yes, they very well could be. That's a kind of a scary place for someone to imagine a dog to be. So, Well, and you know, the youth can relate to that because they're locked up. And so they want to help these dogs get out, just like they want to help themselves get out. <laughs> so what do you do? What happens? Well, first of all, they have to apply to be in the program. And then I check their criminal records to make sure they have no animal abuse in their background. And then I check with their cottage, or that's their living unit, manager to make sure that they're at a level in their treatment where they can be recommended for this program because it means quite a bit of independence on the grounds working with these dogs. Mm -hmm. And uh, lots of times what happens, they decide that they love this dog so much that they don't want the dog to leave after they've trained it. Yeah. So we bring in trainers and groomers, and we do some boarding and some grooming, and the youth earn money from that, which goes back into the program, and then some of it goes to pay restitution they may owe victims. Huh. We have one young man paying child support, and then I collect a certain amount out of their earnings, and they just gave a check to the Guide Dogs for the Blind for rehoming retired guide dogs. Hmm. So they're learning to give back to the community as well. Wow. 
So, uh, Joan, tell me about these guys. Tell me about some of the young men we're talking about. What are they like when you first meet them? Well, you know, one of the first ones that I remember, his name is Wes, and he used to walk down the school halls with his fists clenched like, I dare anyone to speak to me or I'm going to use my fists on you. And it was Wes's treatment manager that felt he would be successful in the dog program. And that young man turned his life around, and he's now left the facility, and he has not returned. In fact, we had some recent pioneering research out of Pepperdine in California, and none of the young men who have gone through Project Pooch and left corrections have returned. Wow. So zero recidivism. Yes. Uh, any idea how many uh, young men or uh, how many dogs have been through the program since you started, either one? We have over 200 young men who have been in the program at one time or another. And then the dogs, we have placed close to 100. Wow. This is a program that's ongoing, and you see this extending into any other places? or? Yes, we get requests from all over the United States and, in fact, even from Europe about people wanting to start similar programs. Um, Helen mentioned that you sold your home to fund this project. Where do you live now? I, I did sell my home, and I downsized, and I'm now renting a condominium with one project pooch dog and three cats. Okay. <laughs> well, Joan, it's a really great program. Thank you for telling us the story about it, and congratulations. We're going to send you a Framed Achievement Award certificate, which I hope you can share with some of the participants in the program. We will put it on our kennel wall with pride. All right. Thank you, Joan. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. That's Joan Dalton and Project Pooch, winners of this week's Achievement Award. Thanks to listener Barbara Pikus of Portland, Oregon, who nominated our winner this week. For our listeners, if you'd like more information about Joan Dalton and the Project Pooch Project, contact us. Or if you have an idea of someone that you think deserves some recognition, send us their story. We'll put them on the air. Get a hold of us here in E-Town on the web at info at etown.org or write us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. Thank you, Helen. It's the Achievement Award. We're going to get right back to music now. Welcome back from the San Francisco Bay Area, Dan Hicks and the Hot Licks. Hey, thank you. Just get, starting to get comfortable here now in old E-Town. You know, when we were driving into the city limits of E-Town, didn't quite know what to think of it. But I think it's gonna be okay. Above. 
like singing. I feel like singing. I feel like singing. I feel like singing. I feel like singing. Mr. Dan Hicks and the Hotlicks. Thank you, Dan Hicks and his Hotlicks. There is really no way to describe his role in popular music starting in the 60s in the San Francisco Bay Area, but I'm glad you all got to hear what his particular take on that style of music sounds like. Up next is a band called Cubanismo. They're from Havana, Cuba, and at the time of this recording, which was at a festival up in Vermont put together by Ben and Jerry's, who was a sponsor of ours at the time, they'd only been a band for about five years, but they'd already traveled, I think, to 40 countries. They are making music that could only have happened in Cuba. All the sounds, the influences, the styles that converged there in that particular place and time. And as you listen to this song, I invite you to just think about each of the individual parts each of the instruments that are coming together, they almost sound like they don't fit, but they do. They make something incredibly danceable, incredibly exciting. So here comes Cubanismo. Cubanismo. 
So you're listening to E-Town. We're here in the anti-road rage retro grass world of music and stuff that happens here. Hanging out with David Grisman and Mike Seeger and now John Hartford's up here. And John, before we get back to music, I thought I'd just spend a little time talking to you hey, if that's all right. right. It's been a long time since you were here on the Boulder Theater stage anyway doing I the E-Town show. Yeah. Yeah. One of the quotes that I always attributed to you, and I'm pretty sure it came from you years and years ago, was... Uh, don't get famous doing something you don't like to do. Oh, yeah. Is that one of yours? Here's the way it goes. <laughs> and I'll say it in the first person. I do what's in my heart. And if it works, that's great. And if it doesn't work, at least I haven't wasted my time. The, the converse of that, which proves the thing, is that if you do something you don't like, the worst thing that could happen to you would be that you'd be successful at it. Welcome back, if you would, Retrograss. Thank you. Hang around there, Nick. We've got some rock and roll we want you to do yeah. this with. He's just about old enough to be retro. Yeah. Retrograss, less is more, and more is also more. All right. Oh, Maybelline, why can't you be true? Maybelline, why can't you be true? You don't start out of doing them things you used to do. As I was a motivating over the hill, I saw a Maybelline in a coupe de ville. Cadillac a rolling on an open road. Nothing out of running my V8 Ford. Cadillac a doing about 95. Bumper to bumper and a side by side. A Maybelline, why can't you be true? Why can't you be Why can't you be true? You don't start out of doing them things you used to do. Oh, Maybelline, I love the fact that they ain't one of them little stubby Cadillacs like they got around here now. Big long deals with the fins on it, yeah, buddy. Oh, pick it right there in the gold, David Grizzly, right here. Got a cloudy and it started to rain And I honked my horn for the passing lane Rainwater blowing all over my hood So it sure wasn't doing my motor no good I may believe Why can't you be true? Yeah, I may believe Can't you be true? You done started out of doing the things you used to do Well, now the motor cooled down and the heat went when I heard that highway sound A Cadillac looking like a ton of lead 103 half a mile ahead Cadillac looking like a sitting still And I caught Maybelline at the scene to swim me Maybelline Oh, Maybelline Why is 
start out of doing them things you clap some rhythm while old David plays a kid. Preacher said, he said, I don't know if I'd have played that, son. Yeah, here's Mike Seeger to play it for you. Sitting still in a cop Maybelline at the top of the hill of Maybelline. Yeah, oh, Maybelline. Yeah, you don't start out of doing them things you used to do. Big tag here. You don't start out. One more time. You don't start out of doing them things. Retrobrass from E-Town in 2001. I mentioned at the top of the show that both John Hartford and Mike Seeger are no longer with us. I just have to say that was a very special moment for all of us at E-Town. John Hartford's health was fading fast. That day he was over at our house and he discovered that he could no longer move the fingers in his left hand, which is one of the reasons why they asked me to sit in with them on a few songs. He died shortly after this show and Mike Seeger a few years later but these were iconic members of a musical community that really made our lives richer. And we're so happy that we were able to share this song with you, Retrograss, David Grisman, Mike Seeger, and John Hartford. We'll be back with more music after a short break. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. You're listening to E-Town. Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who hear E-Town on stations like KSMU in Springfield, Missouri, on WLGE 1069 The Lodge in Bailey's Harper, Wisconsin, and on KSUT down in Durango, Colorado. As always, if you'd like some more information about anything that E-Town is up to these days, lots of stuff can be found at etown.org. Now we're going to go back to our special show featuring highlights from our 2001 season. 
We are just about to get back to music with Robert Bradley's Blackwater Surprise. But before we do, I just want to get Robert out here. And uh, you were born in Alabama. Uh, yes, I was born in Alabama. And uh, I think it was 1950 they told me that. <laughs> do you have a big family? Um, eight sisters, five brothers. That's a big family. Were you, uh, were you blind from birth? Uh, yes, I was born. Uh, I was born blind. I have a little light perception. And uh, did you go? You did go to the school in Alabama, the uh, school for the blind. Isn't there a school down there? That's yeah, uh, it's in uh, Talladega. Talladega. I, uh, yeah. I went to school there for about eight years. I uh, studied music under a blind uh, lady, Miss uh, Hendricks, and uh, she was so good until you could just say I, and she could tell you what note it was. So yeah. she was really brilliant, and I studied, you know, learned Braille music and learned how to read it. But uh, these days, I don't mess around with that. They, yeah. they got so much technology, you know. I don't even have a Braille watch. I just got one of these that goes, you know. <laughs> I got better cool. use for my fingers, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so... We had a good time. It was a yeah. great time, Colonel Robert. So I loved it at the School for the Blind. In case you just joined us, you're listening to E-Town speaking with Robert Bradley from Robert Bradley's Blackwater Surprise. I love the idea of you finding the right spot when you go into a new town. Blind, you arrive in town, you want to find a spot to set up and be a street musician. And uh, how did you do it? Well, basically, I found out in my first going out in the street that this one store that had a lot of places all around, and it was Kmart's. And, and people that go to Kmart's are great people, I tell you. <laughs> I mean, you know, you would think they don't have no money, but they do some kind of way. <laughs> but Kmart's, and then the way they built them, you know, you could go there and sing in the echo chambers that would be naturally in the street, and you would find that, and then you could be heard above all the motorcycles, all the buses, all the trucks, you could get above that. And being that I was from Alabama and I was a, I was a country boy, and uh, my dad said that, you know, I had to do something, so I had to get the hogs in. So I developed this, you know, being able to say, ooh, they call them hogs, and so my voice was strong. Uh-huh. I learned how to use my voice and to throw it along the way, and so I would find a sweet spot, and you get there and get to singing, and, and I would just come up with original tunes, you know. For that day, I'll just find a song for that day and just sing and, it. And you'd find a sweet spot by making the, like you would do, like you were calling the hogs. You'd That's use, right. And then you'd wait till you could hear the echo just right, and then you say, this sounds good. Oh, uh, this is the spot. Yeah. Did you say you were making up songs, spontaneously making up songs on the street as you were going along? Yes, because the reason why I made up the songs on the street, because I got tired of people covering up telling me, say, man, do you know this song? Do you know that song? I said, no, I'm just doing Robert Bradley, that's it. <laughs> so you had to have a lot of songs if that's all you were going to do. That's right. And then so I would just write a different song for each day. So oh, really? when I got up in the morning, whatever, I got on the bus with my guitar in my chair. And if somebody said something on the bus and it tickled my fancy, then I just put some words to it and just uh-huh. sit there and just get the song right there on the spot. And then I just sing it all day. Yeah. I just enjoy writing songs. And yeah. now that I have a little help going on, now I just let them get the music going, and if they get the groove going, I'll come up with some words, and we'll hook it up together, yeah. and that's what makes the Robert Bradley's Blackwater Surprise for 2000. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing. Well, thanks so much, Robert. Thanks so much for uh, giving us a little head start, a, a little insight into, into your rambling around, taking a couple minutes to help us uh, get a little of the background picture. And the band sure sounds good these days. Let's get back to it. Would you welcome back to E-Town, please, Robert Bradley's Blackwater Surprise. And we're going to do it for you now. Shake it off. Here's a Levine that comes out in the east. I change this thing. It's really good and sweet. You're doing Chicago down in New Orleans. You're doing the thing. And I swear it's mighty clean Shake it off Shake it off In L.A. Hey I'm making the girl She comes up from the south And I want to tell y'all You got a hell of a singing mouth Went to New York Put her on Broadway
Thank you, Robert Bradley and his band, Blackwater Surprise. We have time for one more song. I want to thank everybody for joining us this week. Special thanks to our production crew. That's Todd Ayers, Zach Littlefield, Donna Giardina, and a special thanks to Helen Forster. We are going to leave you with a song that we recorded on a show, obviously back in 2001, with David Crosby and his band CPR. Uh, the other guests were Rhonda Vincent and her band The Rage. Helen and I are singing. I think I'm playing some slide guitar. I remember this show distinctly because it was actually the day after I'd learned that my dad had died suddenly, and David Crosby thoughtfully thought of doing this song to wrap up that show. I'm Nick Forster. hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town. Here's the song, Teach Your Children. You who are on the road must have a code that you can live by. And so become yourself because the past it's just a goodbye Teach your children well As their fathers tell They slowly go by And feed them on your dreams The one they picked The one you'll know told you you would cry, so just look at them and sigh, and know they love you. This is a production of E-Town. All right, that's the way it was back in 2001 on the E-Town stage. Thanks to all our guests, Roger McGuinn, Terrence Simeon, Jan Arden, Dan Hicks and his Hot Lex Retrograss, Robert Bradley and Blackwater Surprise, Cubanismo, David Crosby and CPR, Rhonda Vincent and the Rage. I'm Nick Forster. Thank you for listening.